Welcome to episode number one, the inaugural episode of Droppin' Bombs, a Nintendo Switch podcast hosted by DJ Wes Snipes. On this podcast, I'll talk a bit about who I am and why I started podcasting, then transition into a Nintendo Switch game review that you don't want to miss. All that and more coming up next on Droppin' Bombs, a Nintendo Switch podcast. Hey, yo, hope everyone is doing well listening where you are, uh, whether it's on the bus, in a car, at the office, in bed, wherever. <laughs> this is uh, episode numero uno of Dropping Bombs, a Nintendo Switch podcast. I'm your host, DJ Wes Snipes. Um, hey, everybody, just as a quick aside, uh, this and all future podcasts, I- I'm going to do my best to make them safe for work. So, um, as I mentioned in the intro, I felt it best to use the first half of this very first episode to tell you a little bit about me, who I am, um, why I started this podcast, and I, I wanted to apologize in advance. Uh, this is going to be a tad longer than a speed dating session. So I was born in the 1980s. I live in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, the Steel City. Um, which has a really cool gaming scene, which I'm sure that I will talk about in future episodes. Uh, I have a lovely wife who I affectionately call El Daga. That is a gamer who slays it at Fortnite, and uh, she really loves her some Mario and some Crash Bandicoot. And El Daga and I have two air quote gamers in training. Uh, They're both boys. One is elementary age and one is preschool age. So in our household, we have four Nintendo Switch consoles and about 70 physical games, and that collection is growing weekly. Um, Most are U.S. releases. Some are limited or rare uh, with collector's editions, and I have a handful of imports as well. Uh, I run the Pittsburgh Nintendo Switch Fans Meetup Group. I started it back in June of 2017, and it was really just uh, something for my son and I, uh, my, and the elementary age son and I, to kind of get out and meet some people, some like-minded people. Uh, the group has grown. It gets together weekly on Discord and monthly in person, uh, and we get together and play co-op, couch co-op type games and multiplayer games. Uh, maybe some of the stuff, if it's in person, some of the stuff that we can't play uh, online, or if it's, uh, you know, online, obviously we tend to play the more heavily online multiplayer focused games. Um, either way, it's a pretty rad time. Um, I thoroughly enjoy sharing the ideas, talking about and playing games with some chill guys and gals. And it's all members and, and people that live in Pittsburgh or the greater Pittsburgh area. So a little bit about the podcast. I started this podcast. Um, you know what? Let me let me take a step back. Chat a bit about the origins of my podcasting experience. I think that might help paint a better picture. Uh, so back in the '90s, growing up, 
I was really big into professional wrestling. Uh, you know, WWF, Vince McMahon, Hulk Hogan, WCW, uh, ECW, uh, even some of the local indie type wrestling. I, I was all about wrestling, right? So, uh, and this is a, if you can imagine, a 14-year-old me. Back in January of 1997, I create my first fan website dedicated to professional wrestling. And I would update it constantly, right? I would go to school, come home, update my wrestling uh, website. I would go to events, take pictures. My dad saw The Undertaker in an airport, and I was breaking news, right? So, so I was you know, sharing that across the Internet. And at that time, you got to understand, most people were still using AOL, uh, and, and barely getting out to the internet using Netscape Navigator, right? So uh, this was a little bit on the cutting edge, the bleeding edge of uh, you know the public internet uh, as, as most people had accessed it. So the website, it grew a bit based on a lot of organic growth, uh, you know, popularity. So in 1998, I started a real audio, if you guys remember Real Player, you know, real audio internet radio station this is at uh, 15 about once a month my brother when he was home from college and i would tape a 30 to 45 minute long radio show where we talked about the three major wrestling promotions the wwf the wcw ecw everything that happened on the the monday night wars or a pay-per-view event and there was just so much to talk about Uh, wrestling was huge Back in the late 90s. Um, And so huge that I branched out and I had three other acquaintances from around the country. I had them either send me a cassette tape or uh, some sort of digital file, probably like a wave back then or maybe an MP3 of their wrestling themed radio show. I would encode them and I would put them out on the real audio. Well, basically I was put it on my website so it would stream via the real audio player. So in other words, I was podcasting and hosting other people's podcasts before it was even a coined term. I think it was like 2004 when they decided to coin the term podcasting. So again, I I was a bit on the bleeding edge of that. Um, So I have some experience and um, I'm sharing this story because the morning of this recording, I was up in my attic and I found a data CD. I actually have it in my hand right now. It's the Holy Grail, a complete digital archive of a 16-year-old me chatting about wrestling with my brother. I mean, the entire, almost every episode uh, of this online wrestling program that I taped. And in fact, the one I pulled up was 20 years ago, almost to the day. We had such a blast doing those shows. And that leads me to the here and now. Um, you know, my passion for video gaming, and in particular the Nintendo Switch, is probably equal to or greater than my passion was for pro wrestling uh, 20 years ago. It's brought my family closer together. Our activities are gaming themed. Hell, our birthday parties are gaming themed. I've made friends through gaming meetup group that I mentioned earlier, and probably the biggest thing for me. I'm entertained by gaming, whether it's passing the time playing a mindless game to defeating divine beasts and finding all 120 shrines in Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. 
uh, I, I know at the end of a long day or week, especially one that maybe I, I work a couple of jobs, so maybe I'm working six days, seven days a week, uh, I can sit down and suspend my disbelief playing an action adventure, or I could kick a goal, or smash, or splat someone when they aren't looking, or find another moon, ride in a minecart, be a wolf, win a race on Rainbow Road, um, I could go down a path with seven other travelers, have a party. Did I say smash? Uh, you guys get the point. That's me, who I am, and why I started this podcast. So my hope for you, the listener, is for you to be entertained over the course of these next, well, infinite number of episodes at this point. So yeah, I hope you enjoyed my trip down memory lane, Uh, but it's game review time now. And I wanted to talk about Monster Boy in the Cursed Kingdom. Uh, As a backstory, uh, this game took five years to develop by Game Atelier out of France in cooperation with the creator of the Wonder Boy Monster World series. Uh, This company started in 2010 making games for iOS, uh, and then they branched out and started making a couple of games for Vita, PS Vita. And then this monster game called Monster Boy, I mean, they had huge shoes to fill. Uh, They are the, you know, spiritual successor, a tribute, if you will, to the Wonder Boy series. Uh, I don't think they had the rights or they could obtain the rights to the actual Wonder Boy stuff. So they're they're, they're making basically a new adventure, right, with none of the existing characters. So, you know, the press release that was, you know, circulated touted 15 hours of adventure through a vast interconnected environment. So I was excited for it. So I pre-ordered it months before it came out. Well, multiple delays, right? Um, And they finally, finally released this game December 4, 2018 to an extreme amount of anticipation. Uh, The game was published by FDG Entertainment. The uh, physical release came with some goodies, uh, two sticker sheets that were wrapped in, in plastic, and a full-color 24-page instruction booklet, all for MSRP of $39.99. And I did buy the physical version of it. Uh, I was actually at GameStop, and I made uh, my my man, Bobby, stick around until 9 o'clock on December 3rd, Monday, December 3rd, (laughs) to sell me the game so that I could have it and start playing it. So what is this game all about? Monster Boy, uh, it's an action platformer, Metroidvania, um, beautifully hand-drawn animations, iconic music that invokes memories of past Wonder Boy games, specifically Wonder Boy The Dragon's Trap, which you may recall had a remake released for the Switch in 2017. Uh, I purchased Wonder Boy. I instantly fell in love with the game. After finding a new sense of appreciation for completing games, thanks to The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, Wonder Boy was definitely one I just had to beat. Yeah, the music was fantastic, and the modern graphical overlay, if you guys had played that, gals had played that, it was amazing. It's something, I, I mean, I personally had never seen before. 
the fact that you could toggle between the modern overlay and the original, like, was it 1989 version of Wonder Boy was, it was awesome. Even the, even the sound, you could do the sound too. So, um, of course I was pumped to pay at the, uh, I was pumped to play the spiritual successor to Wonder Boy. Uh, as I mentioned before, Monster Boy was a day one purchase. Uh, I, I, I really hoped that it would live up to its hype. So I guess the question everybody's probably asking at home is, did it? Well, um, that's what we like to call a tease. <laughs> so I need you guys to keep listening to find out. But I, I do want to talk about the gameplay. Uh, so you, in the story, you start by controlling a human named Jin. And uh, Jin's uncle is drunk and crazy and flying around Monster Island. Uh, this, this uncle is like throwing spells and turning every human into a monster. So, you know, Jin, his mission, uh, your mission, if you choose to accept it, is to right Jin's uncle's wrongs and turn everyone back into a human. Uh, and, and that's the, 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 the crux of the game. So, uh, you know, of course, shortly thereafter, you know, he deals with his crazy uncle. Jin turns into a pig. And, um, you know, as you continue to progress through the adventure, uh, if you see on the cover of the, um, the game on the, on the front cover, you'll see that there are a number of animals. Well, you turn into a snake and then a frog and then a lion and then a dragon. So, um, as you unlock these new forms of you know, I don't know what you call them, animal man, I guess is the, the term to use. You switch the forms to complete the various obstacles. Uh, each transformation has its own moves and abilities. So some sequences might require multiple forms of animal to complete the task or to solve a puzzle before proceeding. Uh, or, or maybe you need a certain form to unlock an otherwise hidden area. So in other words, you know, you're a snake and, you know, you can get to a certain area that maybe the pig couldn't get to. Or you're a pig and you're trying to sniff something out and, you know, none of the other animals have that characteristic. Which means that, you know, it forces you guys to go back and play the same areas over again as the other animal or as another animal which is kind of cool than you know the first playthrough that you may have gone through with whatever animal that you had recently uh, animal man right that you had recently um uh, acquired or gained so there is a money element in the game where you can use money to buy or enhance weaponry uh, armor and various elements that might help your character along the way such as magical effects that might help you defeat enemies better or clear a path so that you can get through. I found it to be a pretty complex game, especially when I realized that I needed a certain boot to walk on a certain platform. You know, and this is where it comes to, I love the fact that the game doesn't treat the player like an eight-year-old. Uh, you know, yes, there are cheap deaths, especially in the beginning, Yes, there are sections of the game where I spent 45 minutes to an hour trying to figure out how to get to the next part. 
Um, I mean, hell, I almost dropped the queen mother of all swear words in front of my eight-year-old on this one part. I was like, oh, you mother. You mother. (laughs) I was trying to recover, obviously. And, uh, you know, uh, he was obviously didn't say anything to me, but I'm sure that he knew where I was going with that one because I was so frustrated and trying to get past this one part. Uh, but having said that, I appreciated the fact that the game didn't tell me what to do next. It's one of those rare games that makes you think, really think, if you want to beat the game. And since I bought the game on day one, there wasn't exactly much out on the internet as far as tips and tricks were concerned. So I was going at it a lot of these challenges, the puzzles, the boss fights on a wing and a prayer. I I mean, I really was. Uh, Happily can say that I finished with 26 hours, a little over 26 hours, but I didn't have 100% completion. Um, I, you know, and the crazy part is I unlocked 93% of the map, but I only had 56% completion, which means I have a lot more game to tackle. I mean, if I want to go back and complete this thing at 100%, I'd say I probably have another six to 10 hours into it that, 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 or that I could put into it to at least get damn near close to 100% or to 100% itself. Um, So this is the question I know I was asking about and I teased earlier. Did Monster Boy live up to its hype? Uh, I'll preface this by saying my game reviews will be scored by dropping bombs. You know, dropping bombs. You know, DJ West Snipes. So the scale will be as follows. One bomb, meaning the game truly bombed, a.k.a. sucked. And five bombs means the game was the bomb, <laughs> a.k.a. totally friggin' awesome. So for Monster Boy and the Cursed Kingdom, and uh, oh boy, it, it has set the bar for future reviews. I have to give this game five bombs. Guys and gals, this game is the real deal. If you love Metroidvanias like Shantae or SteamWorld Dig or even the previous Wonder Boy... Uh, that was out on the Switch, or maybe you never played a game like those before, do yourself a favor, pick this game up, and play it for about four hours. Uh, The game clicks around that point, and you will not want to put your controller down after. This game seriously made me smile, especially the last few hours of the game where I was shocked and thrilled at the direction taken by the developers. So there you have it. My review for Monster Boy in the Cursed Kingdom out now for the Nintendo Switch, both physically and digitally. And that's it for this podcast. I truly hope you have enjoyed listening. Until next time, this is DJ Wes Snipes. I'll just be over here dropping bombs.